Well, we're glad you made it to our Christmas service, and uh, now we want to look to the Word of God. And so if you would, take your Bibles, please, and let's open God's Word to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we'll begin reading in verse 1 and read down through verse 20. We're going to read the Christmas story. All right, we'll begin reading in verse 1. So when you found your place, Luke chapter 2, if you'll stand with us, we'll have prayer. And then we'll begin reading the scriptures together, beginning in verse 1. Let's pray together. Father, how we thank you for your goodness to us today. And Lord, we thank you for the special occasion to be able to gather as a church family and to lift you up, to look to you and worship you this Christmas season. Lord, as we come to this time of your word, we just ask, Lord, that you would quiet and still our hearts. You'd help us, Lord, to to have our minds and our hearts attentive and open and ready for what you have for us. And we ask you, Lord, to speak to us, to guide and direct our thoughts and our lives. We pray to give us instructions. Show us what you'd have us do. Lord, show your will to us today. And Lord, we do thank you in advance for all you're going to do. We ask that you'd have your will and way. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. All right, verse 1, Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, They made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I want to preach a message from this passage entitled, The First Christmas. The first Christmas. Thank you. You may be seated. This is the story of Christmas. 
And we read it in Luke chapter 2 every year, remembering what God did for us and the way He came and was born as a babe in a manger in Bethlehem. We see God at work in this passage. And from this, we get our celebration of Christmas. We get the, the story of Emmanuel, God with us. And this teaches us how we should celebrate Christmas ourselves. We're looking at the first Christmas. And when we see this, we see how we're to celebrate Christmas. We see what they did that made it special. And we look in this text, we find a pattern here. I noticed as I read Luke chapter 2, as I was reading this year, uh, something stood out to me. In verse 15, it was the expression made by the shepherds where, where they, they marveled, they noticed, um, they, they kind of made known in, in the latter part of verse 15, it says, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And it just kind of made me think about the way they saw Christmas. They saw this special thing that God had made known to them. And I want to ask you this morning, what has God made known to you? What do you know today because of God? What has God made known to you? What are some things you've learned because you know the Lord as your Savior? You know, that's really what Christmas time is all about. It's about our relationship with Him. Jesus is the reason for the season. It certainly was on that first Christmas. This is what was proclaimed to the shepherds, that Christ was born. And they wondered and they were excited about what God had made known to them. So I want us to notice, as we look at this first Christmas, we see that the first Christmas was all about Jesus. It was about Jesus. You know, as time has gone on, some 2,000 years now have passed, we find that often at this time of year, there's a lot of other things that could capture our attention and our affection. But I want to encourage you as followers of Christ I want to encourage you who know the Lord as your Savior to make Jesus the centerpiece of your celebration. Make your Christmas the celebration in your house the way you celebrate it. Make it to be about Jesus because that is what it's truly meant to be. That's what the shepherds did. Notice in verse 6, we're in Luke chapter 2, and the Bible says there, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Now we know that God basically moved heaven and earth to fulfill His word and His prophecy, to, to allow these truths to come to pass that He had foretold about the coming Messiah, so that when He was born, people could identify Him and know that He is the one, right? I guess each of us need that assurance for us to embrace the Lord with our faith. And I believe God gives us that if we truly seek the Lord. Well, so these prophecies were fulfilled. And through this taxation and all of the things that were going on in this day, God used that program, that assignment, to get them in place that would fulfill prophecy. David being of the house, or excuse me, Joseph being of the, of the house and lineage of David, took him to Bethlehem, which is the place where Jesus was to be born. Notice here that we find it's about Jesus. In verse 7, it says she brought forth her firstborn son. 
So here in the scriptures, as we read the story of Christmas, as we're getting into this, this, this accounting of, of what happened, we find it's all about Jesus. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, we, we've often thought about that expression, no room in the inn. And we've often said that there are many this time of year that just seem to have no room for Jesus. Don't be one of those. Don't be one of those who crowds out the Lord because we're, we're so busy, focused, and, and emphasizing other things that we have no room left for Him. He shouldn't be just an ornament on the tree. He shouldn't be just a sign on the wall. He needs to be the focal point of our celebration. It needs to be all about Him. Notice in verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field and keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. This was something that God was doing, and He was uh, magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 10, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I love seeing the nativity scene. We have the privilege of having a wonderful setup here in the front here, remembering the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, he's not a babe. He's no longer a baby in a manger. But at this time, we celebrate the fact that he came because we know that that, that, that brought his, his life and ministry his death and burial and resurrection, which gave us salvation. And we rejoice in it, especially this time of year. It's all about Jesus. And the angel said, this would bring good tidings of great joy. Hey, let me tell you something. Only Jesus can do that. What news in all the world would bring good tidings of great joy to all people? Well, I don't know anything else that would excite the whole world other than the news of Christ. You know what? Everyone who knows Jesus as their Savior, they, they get excited about that. They get a little happy. That is great news, and it brings great joy, and it truly does to all people. Everybody I've ever seen come to Christ as their Savior. They were joyful about it. They enjoyed the experience. They wanted to tell others. It was just like what we read about in the Scriptures about the first Christmas. The first Christmas was all about Jesus. Let's make sure as we celebrate Christmas uh, today, Christmas Eve and tomorrow, make sure that Jesus is at the center, that He's the focal point, the centerpiece of your celebration. The first Christmas, as we read it here in the text, not only was it all about Jesus, but the first Christmas, when we read this, it looked like worship. Think about that. It just looked like a worship celebration. It looked like a great time of lifting up the Lord and looking to Him. Uh, we've read those verses. Look at verse 13 and 14. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What does all of that look like? It looks like worship. Worship is the only thing that brings peace on earth and goodwill toward men. 
It's the only thing that calms the sinful heart of man. Worship is the only thing that gets us in tune with a holy God. Worship is the only thing that causes us to love our fellow man and live the life that, that God would have us live. Notice this story has all the ingredients of worship. It has prophecy. The prophecy of the birth of Christ and where he was supposed to be born and the many things that go along with that. And that included hearing from heaven. You know, isn't it interesting that the shepherds, they were out just doing their bidding. They were watching their flocks and their sheep. And notice that the heavens opened. The angels proclaimed the message of the birth of Jesus. And they heard from heaven. You know, there was a communication there. That's, that's what happens in worship. You know, I don't know about you, but when we come to church and when we gather around and sit as a church family and, and we sit and enjoy these pews and, and, and we come and we sing and we fellowship and then we listen to the Word of God, we do that with the intent that there will be communication there. I don't know about you, I, I don't come to church just to get out, check the box, boop, been there, done that. No, 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 we come to church with a purpose in mind. First, we come to give. We come to give service to the Lord, and we come to give encouragement to others. And then we come to get what God has for us. And this is where that communication from heaven comes into play. And I don't know about you, but a long time ago in my Christian life, I just made it a conscious effort to listen to every message, listening for what God had for me in that message. Can I tell you, the times when I failed to do that, I have missed out. And if you come and listen to message after message in church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and you fail to get what God has for you, I'm telling you this morning, you're missing out. Aren't you glad the shepherds didn't miss out? They heard God's message to them. They received it well. They believed what they were told. All of this has the ingredients of worship, prophecy, hearing from heaven. That connection was made. And you know, you and I ought to make sure that we maintain that connection with the Lord, that we allow Him to speak into our life and our heart, that we, that we, that we allow Him to speak into our plans. You know, the shepherds had no plans that night of going to Bethlehem. They, they were going to be out in the fields. They were watching their flocks. They were taking care of the sheep. They had no plans to journey into the city. They, they weren't going that direction until God spoke up. You know, you need to be okay with God changing your plans a little bit. You need to be okay with God giving you some direction in, in your life. You need to be okay with God assigning some purpose to your life's work. They certainly were. They welcomed it. And they, they did that. Notice the ingredients of worship. We're just talking about how the first Christmas looked like worship. There was prophecy there. There was a hearing from heaven. There was praise. The angels were certainly praising God. And then later the shepherds were. There was obedience. The Lord told them to go find the babe. And this is, how, this is what you're going to see. And this is how you're going to find him. And then as soon as the angels were gone, what happened? The shepherds said, hey, let's go. There was obedience there. Hey, are you that, that willing to obey the Lord? When God speaks to you, do you do what He says? You know, when we do, it looks like worship, doesn't it? Especially to those who are looking on. 
You know, it'd be nice if people would look on to the Christian life that we live and it would look like worship to them. Adoration, praise to our God, obedience. How about service? You definitely could say that what the shepherds did looked like service. The Bible says once they found Jesus, what did they do? They went their way. They were telling others what they found, spreading the message. And, you know, we could go on and on how this just looked like worship. And I'm just thinking of our Christmas celebration, and I'm just wondering this morning, does what we do at Christmas time, does it look like worship? If someone were looking on to our celebration, would they see us worshiping the Lord and lifting Him up, praising Him and obeying Him, serving Him? Boy, they should. That's what it should look like when the believer celebrates the birth of Christ. The first Christmas was about Jesus. It looked like worship. But not only that, it was a time of excitement. Would you notice in verse 15, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Isn't that a great passage? I think about the excitement that, that's going on as, as we read these words. Don't, don't miss that. This wasn't a ho-hum time. It wasn't a, oh, well, Christmas again. You know, another celebration. Here we go. You know, we have something to get excited about. We have something to be happy about. And, and this, look, if you can't get happy at Christmas, you don't have much hope. You know, people say, the world even says it's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm telling you, the reason it is, is because it's all about Jesus. Because it looks a lot like worship and because it's something to get excited about when you know Jesus as your Savior. The shepherds were excited. They said, let us go and see. Man, we got to go check this out. You know, the things of God ought to be intriguing. They ought to be exciting. And those who who come in contact with our celebration of Christmas, they ought to be a little interested. To, let's see what this is all about. I notice here in verse 15, I, I made reference to this expression a moment ago. But in verse 15, the shepherds said, we want to go see this thing which the Lord hath made known unto us. And as I read that earlier, I, I was thinking about the things that I've been taught, the things that I've learned the things that I have and I know to be true because I know the Lord. Those are things the Lord hath made known to me. You know, sometimes I think we, we take that so for granted we don't even realize. You know, there are things that you know and understand because you know the Lord, because you read the Bible, because you believe what it says. There are things that you have to celebrate today that much of the world is without. We have the assurance of the beginning. We know where we came from. 
Because we believe what God said. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we know that we were put here in the image of our God. And, and what, a, what a great thing it is to know that. To know where we came from. Hey, do you know there's a lot of people running around this planet this morning? They're trying to celebrate Christmas. And they're trying to get all happy. And they think they came from an amoeba soup. And that they became a monkey before they became a man. I'm just telling you. I find it a little hard to get excited about that. And they think when, you're, when you die, the grave is it. And it's over. Maybe you come back as something else. Maybe a lizard or something. I'm not looking forward to lizard life at all. No, because the Bible says we were created in the image of a holy God. And the Bible says that, that God gives us eternal life. And I'm going to live forever Someday with the Lord in heaven. When this life is over, our eternal life begins. We're not going to have eternal life. We already have it. If you know Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says you have eternal life right now. It's a present possession. And I'm telling you, that's something to get excited about. We have a joy. We have an enthusiasm that the grave cannot kill. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, there's a, there's a thing going around on Facebook, and it talks about how Baptists come to worship, you know? And, 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 and it's Luke Skywalker, you know, sitting there with this grim face. Like there's a disturbance in the force. Yeah, there's a disturbance. God's people need to think about what all of this means to us. Hey, I'm telling you, if we can't get excited, the world is lost. Isn't that what Paul said? If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. The ones who need it the most are not going to get it because we're not showing it to them. And I'm telling you, when we fall into the world's ways and we celebrate Christmas like everybody else, and it's, and it's centered around all of the other things that people talk about this time of year, we fail to show them Jesus. Hey, I'm telling you, I read, I read the Christmas story and there's nothing in here about the North Pole. Nothing. Now look, I like cold weather as much as anybody. And it looks like we're going to be getting some here in a week or so. Well, I don't know. That's what the weatherman's saying. Be a nice change of pace. I, I, I look forward to that. But cold weather or no, we have something to get excited about this time of year. Because Jesus is the reason for the season. It's the birth of Christ that makes this year so meaningful. And I tell you, I, I think it's no accident that we, we begin the season with thanksgiving, and out of that gratitude comes the spirit of giving. You know, and by the way, when we're generous and when we give, that's when we are most like Christ. He gave it all for us. He held nothing back. Christmas is not about getting, although we, we need to be gracious enough to know how to receive a gift with appreciation and with grace. We need to know how to take compliments as Christians. Right? Some people try to, to be humble to the point that they don't know how to take a compliment. And I think that's a fault. We've got to work on that. It's okay to receive a compliment 
Sometimes people even compliment the service we give to our Lord, and we know it wasn't us. But then understand, at that moment, they're complimenting the gift that God gave you. It's still okay to say thank you, because we understand it's not going to make my head any bigger. Because I know that what you're complimenting isn't mine. It's what God gave me, and it's what I give back to Him. Right? So, so we say thank you for that appreciation for the gift of God. Right? And we move on. And at Christmas time, the same thing is true. Hey, listen, when we get gifts, even great gifts, we, we should be kind and appreciative, but that should not distract us from giving and being a blessing and telling folks about Jesus and, and, and focusing on and understanding the true meaning of what Christmas is. It's an exciting time. The shepherds said, let us now go and see. And the Bible says in verse 16, they came with haste. Here they are coming. What are they in such a hurry about? And well, first of all, they're excited. And second of all, they've got some news that has been revealed to them by God from heaven. The angel of the Lord shared something with them, the Bible says. And they got something to go tell people. Doesn't that sound a lot like us? You know, we've got news from heaven. We, we, we know some things that God has made known to us. And boy, we should be excited to tell it to the world. Down in verse 17, it says, They made known abroad the saying, Concerning this child. Oh, how we, you, you know, we just need to be busy about getting the word out. Making known the saying concerning this child. We need to, we need to make, people know, make known to people what the Bible says about Jesus. Who he is and who he wants to be to their, in their life. A savior. And lastly, in verse 20, it says, They were glorifying and praising God. Why? Why do Christians glorify God? Why, why do they praise God? Why are they happy all the time? Because we got something to get excited about. Because we got something that money can't buy. Because we have, we have the greatest gift in all the world. It's the gift of God. The Bible says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God gave us this gift. And when we open this gift, we find that it not only... Not only has He given us eternal life, but He's given us abundant life. And He's given us gifts. Gifts to enjoy that life with and to serve Him with. And when we begin to unpack all of that, we know that we become better because of what God gave us and because of who He is in our lives. And I'm telling you, it produces that joy that the angels talked about. And it gets us a little excited for others to know what we know and experience what we've experienced in the Lord. Hey, this is how you celebrate Christmas. And it's what the first Christmas was all about. It was all about Jesus. It looked like worship. It was a time of excitement. And you know, we ought to get excited. But I want you to see also that the first gift included, the, the first Christmas included gifts. Go back to Matthew chapter 2 if you would. And I know you noticed that they weren't there in Luke chapter 2. I'm talking about the wise men. Though they are included in the nativity scenes, 
that you see put together uh, all over. I think that people want to remember what they did also, and so they just kind of include them in, in the nativity picture. But in reality, the wise men came two years later. They came after the birth. Jesus would have been approximately two years old. And they came, and the Bible says in verse 11, Matthew 2.11, it says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child, it doesn't say babe, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Sometimes we focus so much on the, on the gifts that we miss where they came from. They came from the open treasures of the wise men. Their treasures were open to the Lord. They would have given anything that had been asked. Now in the story, nothing had been asked, and they freely gave the gifts they chose. There was a reason for that. There's a purpose for that. That's another message. But I just want you to see that there was that openness there. Their treasures were open. I want to ask you this morning, are your treasures open to the Lord? Is your life open to the Lord? Is your heart open to the Lord? You know, the Bible says where the treasure is, there will the heart be. The reason the wise men were able to have their treasures open to the Lord, the reason they were able to give stuff like gold to a little boy they would never see again, it's because their heart was open to God. You know, that's really what matters. It's not that God needs our money or any material thing that we have or own. But God wants fellowship with you. And He wants your heart to be in it, not to be some fake thing that you just do like some phony get-up. It's not a charade. This is not a play. It's not an act we put on on Sunday. Now to some, it seems like it might be that. But that's not the way God wants it to be. God wants you to be a follower of His and a believer in the Lord with all your heart, that your heart is completely open to Him and what He has for you. And because that openness was there, the wise men gave gifts. What did that do? Well, that kind of set a precedent. It, 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 it built a tradition, if you will, of gift giving. The angels already told us that there would be good tidings and, and great joy. They, they already said there would be goodwill toward men. What better way to express that goodwill than through a gift? And so we do. We carry on the tradition of giving gifts at this time of year. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with decorations and gifts as long as Christmas is about Him. Not them. Even though they came with such elaborate gifts, Jesus was still the centerpiece of what was going on in that house. That's the way our Christmas celebration should be. They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I just want you to understand something about the gifts. First, they had a specific meaning. Gold represented his royalty. This was the Son of God. 
Frankincense represented his high priestly authority. Frankincense is a spice that was used in the offerings. And so this would, would mirror that position of Jesus as our great high priest. Jesus was that, remember? According to the Old Testament, he was the one that would go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat in heaven, the real one, to make the true offering for sin that Hebrews talks about. Once and for all, that provided our salvation. And then there was myrrh. Myrrh was, was one of the spices that they used in preparing a body for burial. Um, you, you, kind of their embalming process, although they, they didn't actually uh, do it that way, but um, they used those spices as preservatives, and they anointed the bodies with those. So myrrh represented his death and the fact that he would die for us and be that sacrifice the Lamb of God, remember, that would take away the sin of the world. So each gift held that meaning. Not only that, these gifts were appropriate for Him. You give Jesus myrrh, it was very fitting because we understand what His mission was. If you give somebody else myrrh, they might look at you a little funny. What you got in mind, <laughs> right? They were appropriate for Him. When we give gifts, we try to make sure they're appropriate to the person. They were items of worship and gestures of goodwill toward men. And you know, when we give a gift today, we intend for it to be a gesture of goodwill, do we not? And so I don't think anybody really enjoys giving meaningless gifts. I think we, we really rather enjoy it when it's a gesture of goodwill that's appropriate to the person and that it, that it sends that heartfelt message of, of peace and goodwill, generosity. That's what we ought to be looking at this time of year. The wise men certainly were. And by the way, these were men of the East, but the Bible doesn't call them that. These were probably leaders of their countries, but the Bible doesn't call them that. The Bible refers to them as wise men. And that's another message. I've already preached that, I know, but I'm just going to allude to it this morning, that, that the Bible calls them wise and I have an idea that it's because of the way they treated Jesus. And if you and I want to be wise in our Christmas celebration, we would do well to learn from them and to seek the Lord and to put Him first, to make Him the centerpiece of our celebration, to make sure that Christmas is about Christ. Hey, that's even how you spell it. Christmas is Christ, right? Now, we're not holding a mass. It's not, it's not that way. But Christ is the centerpiece. He's the focal point. It's all about Him. But if you're like some, they just X that out. What's, what's Xmas? It's nothing to celebrate. Is it? You took away the reason. You took away the purpose. The whole point. As we read the Christmas story, we see that it was all about Jesus. That it looked like worship. It was a time of excitement and joy. And it included gifts. Those who were wise captured all of this in their celebration. How about you this morning? 
I want to invite you to have a Christmas like the first Christmas. To celebrate it with Jesus at the center. And I hope you will. And I hope like the shepherds, you'll tell others about the Lord and what He's made known to you. This is an opportunity to just talk about Him. Lift Him up to your family, to your friends. How often do we say, pray for my family. I want them to know Christ and be saved. Pray for my coworkers. Pray for my neighbors. We certainly all want that. But has it ever occurred to you that God put, the, put you in their lives and maybe He wants to shine a little bit through you to them? Well, this is a great time of year to let that light shine through. This is a great time of year for you to be the witness that you want them to see and hear and know. This is a great time of year for you to introduce Jesus. And you'll find people are a lot more willing to listen this time of year than, than maybe others. So take advantage of it. Put the Lord first. Celebrate. And be happy and be excited about what God's given you. And see what He does in your celebration. Let's lift Him up. Let's worship Him this Christmas. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, how we do love You this morning, how we do thank You for all that You've done for us. And we thank You, Lord, for the wonderful truths You've made known to us through salvation, through Your Word. Lord, as we've grown in Christ, we know our lives have been enriched and we're better because we know You. We pray, Lord, you'd help others to know you as well. And may we be part of that by just making known what you've given to us. Help us as we celebrate Christmas, Lord, to make you the focal point, the centerpiece. May it all be about you. We lift you up, Lord. We love you and we thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.